Europe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold and a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on a third. He's got it. 984, a world record for Donovan Bailey and a gold medal. A perfect score. 10.0 for Dante Cavanici. A perfect score. The first time I've never seen it. So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record, 9.68. The wind is okay. How easy was that? Welcome back to Off the Podium for the next interview in our series of Olympians, past, present, future, uh, as we carry you through the Tokyo 2020 Olympics that never was, uh, that will eventually be 2021. Uh, and we've been able to discuss things with uh, Olympic athletes from Winter Olympics, from past Summer Olympics, um, several who were even supposed to be competing in 2020 this year. And this one as well would have, we assume, been competing in Tokyo 2020 right now uh, if it had not been for uh, a little pandemic called COVID-19. But we're still hopeful that she will be there next year in 2021. We're talking to Kylie Mass, the Olympic bronze medalist from the 2016 Rio Games in the uh, 100-meter backstroke. Uh, Backstroke, which has quickly become her specialty. And uh, even though she had the uh, Olympic shining moment, uh, we get to talk to her about what really I think was her coming out party, which was the World Championships in 2017. She's the reigning world champion now and uh, Canadian record holder. And she's really just emerged from Rio until now as being maybe arguably the star of the Canadian swimming team. And we get to cover everything from her early competitions through the Rio Olympics, through the Commonwealth Games, the World Championships, and then all of her thoughts on the postponement of Tokyo as well. As well, you can listen through to them because we're going to get to go over her uh, My Name Is survey, which uh, we do with all the athletes, which is something that uh, Team Canada has done and we assume would have been doing right now. (laughs) But we get to beat them to the punch here. So enjoy our interview here with Olympic bronze medalist from Rio, Kylie Mass. So we've been bringing you interviews with athletic stars and medalists. We've been bringing you new sports like sports climbing. We bring you classic winter athletes like John Montgomery, Jamie Soleil. And today we get to break new ground because we're joined by our first ever swimmer on Off the Podium, which is really exciting because always good to break into a new sport here. Uh, Today we're joined by Kylie Mass, who's the bronze medalist in the 100 meter backstroke from uh, Rio. Is that right? Yes. Thanks so much for being here today, Kylie. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm actually really excited every time we do get to do new sports. And you know, what's interesting is that uh, we typically start off these interviews with uh, you know, a generic question of how did you break into the sport? But uh, my guess is you, you, know, you broke into the sport like most people did, just swimming as a child. So I guess a more appropriate question would be how did you break into competitive swimming? Yeah, I actually, like you said, just started um, swimming lessons, and I was a part of a summer swimming league in my town with my siblings, and I honestly just really enjoyed being in the water. I liked swimming, and, you know, at that time, it wasn't necessarily swimming. I was quite young. I think it was more just splashing around and playing in the water, but I really enjoyed it, and I wanted to 
continue to do it throughout the year and not just in the summer. So I, um, and that's when I joined the local club in my area, the local competitive club, which was the Windsor Essex swim team. And I was around 10 years old when I did that. So 10 years old when you start doing it more competitively and, you know, uh, I'm going to guess there's a few steps the, before it takes you to Rio. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, where would you say the first real success was where you figured, okay, I can actually make a career out of this. I could potentially even be in the Olympics. Yeah, I would say I I definitely grew a lot later and I saw my success a lot later than even some of my teammates and some of my friends growing up. And I think what kept me with in the sport was just, the social aspect and I loved the group of swimmers and my club team that I grew up with and um, I honestly just loved being in the water and I loved the sport so I continued to do it but I didn't really see any success until um, a lot later in high school and um, I think the the meet that really kind of catapulted my my career and where I kind of realized and gained a lot of confidence in myself as a swimmer was at the 2015 FISU Games, which was um, after my first year of university at the University of Toronto. I was a member of the FISU Games team, and I won gold there in the 100 backstroke. And after at that meet, I think it was when I realized my maybe just my potential and what I was capable of. And um, I think that meet really just gave me a lot of confidence um, as a swimmer, as a lot of confidence in my stroke and my abilities. And I think that really set me up well for 2016 and the future years after that. Uh, we talked with a couple of the sprinters uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And uh, it, one of the most interesting things we found with that was, you know, you, you start out running, but then you find what distance you're going to specialize in. You know, in the case of a swimmer, it's not just distance, but it's also the stroke. So uh, you kind of specialize in the backstroke. You know, how does that come? Is it something where your coaches sort of decide, you know, this is where you're good? Or is it based on your time and your trials? Yeah. So growing up in at my club, at least, my coaches um, basically had us swim anything and, and everything. So I I honestly did the majority of races growing up, and, and I'm really grateful for that because I think it really allowed me to develop such a strong foundation of technique for all the strokes and, and really just a great feel for the water. And I think that's been really important and, and crucial in my development and career as a swimmer has was just having that great foundation of technique and, and feel for the water growing up. So I really didn't specialize when I was younger, and it wasn't until my first year of university, I would say, where I um, focused more on backstroke. And it was once I made that CC Games team at our trials in April um, did I kind of realize, like, maybe backstroke was my stroke. Um, and bef- before that, I was swimming fly, and um, I am as well, and, and freestyle, and um, I continue to swim those events in the varsity um, competition after that, but um, and for years after that. But uh, internationally, I've I've stuck to just backstroke. Are Are you going to be a Michael Phelps where you decide, you know what, I've I've had so much success success in backstroke now, you know, let me attempt one of the others, or do you just want to sort of focus just on the backstroke going forward? I think. Backstroke moving forward, definitely short term right now. Um, I think, you know, it really hasn't been that long that I've been specializing in backstroke. So I feel like there's 
so many things I can still improve on and perfect and be a lot better at, which is really exciting and, and motivating for me. Um, but I, I do love variety and I love training freestyle fly. Um, I have a little bit of an injury in my knee, so I can't do breaststroke anymore. So I am as off the, off the table, but I did, I did love racing that while I could do that, um, a couple years ago, but, um, yeah, for, for the short term, I think I'll, I'll stick to backstroke, but I'm not opposed to kind of experimenting with other strokes as well. It's crazy that you're saying that like your first real international success was in 2015 because it was only a year later when you're in Rio. And uh, I'm just as a viewer, you know, watching for Ken, I mean, all sports seem to go in cycles when it comes to the Olympics. You know, you'll have huge success. Like, I don't even know if you're old enough to remember Mark Tewksbury, you know, in the 90s. But then following Mm -hmm. that, it just seemed to be there's a bit of a lull. And then Rio explodes, particularly with the the female swimmers. And I I think Mm -hmm. you in particular, it was almost like a surprise win when you ended up winning the bronze. Like, did you have any any aspirations going in where you thought, okay, I could actually medal here? Or did it even catch you off guard? It caught me off guard. I I actually had a bet going into Rio with my coach, Byron McDonald. And we had a bet to see if um, I could beat the placing he placed at the Olympics, which I can't, I think it was fifth. It was either fifth or sixth. I'm pretty sure it was fifth, but um, yeah. So I, you know, I think my coaches had more confidence in me than I had in myself, Mm -hmm. but I think it came as a surprise to, to all of us, just that it was obviously a goal and a dream to, to be on the Olympic podium, but I, I don't think I had imagined it coming that soon. And in hindsight, looking back, I think that 2015 performance, and that's why I speak so highly of that performance in, in 2015, because I think it really just gave me so much confidence and um, confidence in my stroke and confidence in myself and, and my, you know, just like my persona on the, on the pool deck. And um, that's so important is just believing in yourself and believing in your abilities. And um, I think that really helped me going into 2016 but yeah I was I was as surprised as probably most people were with my results there and and it was insane like the the amount of success that Canada achieved as a whole in the pool in 2016 you know what was it like to be part of that not just for you but for for the entire team to know not only are you going to be remembered as okay I was a bronze medalist and 100 meter backstroke but that you were part of what's probably going to go down in history as one of the most groundbreaking performances across the board in a single sport. Mm-hmm. It was so incredible and it was so special to be a part of. And I think when you're in that bubble and when you're, you're kind of surrounded by each other, it's, you, you don't really know how impactful it has been until you kind of escape from that bubble and you, you see other people and you hear the media and you hear these questions being asked and um it it really felt normal around like on the pool deck and and amongst those like our our Canadian team with the success that we had I think it made it um the results so achievable for so many people just seeing one another be able to achieve um podium finishes and successes I think um, you know, for me and my own story, like I watched Penny win a medal the like right before I I was about to swim. So, you know, seeing her win a medal was like insane, and it really inspired me to like, you know, she can do it, like I can do it, uh, kind of attitude. And I think that um, you know that was the whole kind of vibe for our whole team was really just building off of each other's 
um, you know, performances and, and motivating each other and empowering each other to um, really just stick in your own lane and just give it your all and, and to see what you could do and to never doubt yourself because um, you never know. Sometimes rankings don't, don't um, mean anything in, in the end. And I like to hear that too, because again, we're coming off of a couple of the sprinters that we've talked to, you know, they were all part of like the four by 100 relay that won. And it's the same story we're getting. It's like, you know, you have this success with Andre de Grasse. So all of a sudden, Brendan Rodney's having this success. And just to hear that, you know, you guys can view each other as a team. And it's probably a benefit of having so many different athletes in a single sport where you have that. You know, if we flash forward, I mean, coming off of Rio, you know, you'd won the bronze medal, but you know, it, it almost was eclipsed by, you know, the fact that Penny Alexiak had won pretty much everything, it seemed, in Rio. And then you flash forward a year later, and I think, uh, you know, most Canadians, uh, we were actually covering it for our show here, the World Championships a year later. And the big topic was, you know, hey, Kylie Mass came out of nowhere. Like, she's the new star of this sport. I mean, that was like, as much as uh, I'm sure it was satisfying to, you know, win that bronze in Rio a year later, you're now on the top of the world and you're, you know, uh, I guess the first Canadian, I believe, to ever win a gold in the world championships for swimming, which is insane. And and competing against the Iron Lady, you know, <laughs> pretty much the 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 number one swimmer, you know, female swimmer in the world for like a decade to come. What were your experiences of the world championship and what, what really changed going from the games and what did you learn from that to make you achieve as much success as you did when you got to the Worlds next year? Yeah, I think just continuing on that that confidence in in myself and my abilities and knowing that I belonged on the international stage was something, um, you know, psychologically that was important to me. And then obviously just continuing my hard training. And I think before in 2015, 2016, you know, I was I was obviously training hard, but I didn't really have a concept of um, my own times and my own abilities. And you know, once I I saw some of those faster times. Um, you know, once I put up some of those faster times myself, I kind of gained more of an understanding of what I was capable of and um, what more I wanted and how much faster I wanted. And so, um, yeah, just continuing to develop my stroke and and work a lot more on backstroke and and pace and speed as well as endurance. And um, I think for me going into 2017, it was just important to to keep my head down and and not let – external pressures or um you know thoughts kind of get me because there was quite a a surrounding um I don't know the word (laughs) just I guess pressure just from from Rio going into 2017 and then I had posted a fast time at our trials um to make our world championship team so going into world championships themselves it was um quite overwhelming and obviously racing Katinka in her home home pool was was incredible and um yeah the whole, it seems like a blur now so long ago but um I think it, just my development through the years has um and learning more about myself and how I can um continue to get better and, and continue to stay positive and and just mindful in my own lane and focusing on myself is are things that have been really important to me over the last couple of years. And you actually beat Katinka Hosey. You, you beat the Iron Lady in those heats. 
and then you put up an even faster time in the semis and you, you break your own record in the finals. When you're going from the heats to the semis to the finals, you know, were you feeling pressure like, oh, now I got to top this? Or was it like, was it giving the adrenaline? Okay, look what I did in the heats. Now let me do the semis and then just get even better and better with each round. Yeah, I think a bit of both. I, you know, I, I was told by coaches and I knew in the back of my head it was a three-step process. And, um, you know, I needed to, to do the heats and then do the semifinals before I could even get to the finals. So I was trying not to think about, you know, the final, but that was obviously my, my goal. And um, yeah, I think it's just a combination of, you know, knowing your goal and knowing what you want to achieve, but also not getting too caught up in it and um, just focusing on yourself and, and not getting too caught up in the environment and, you know, what's going on around you. And now, obviously, we would be in Tokyo right now if it wasn't for some other circumstances. Uh, and Canada, of course, was the first nation to even pull out of Tokyo. But uh, do you have any thoughts you wanted to share on uh, the postponement of this? You know, is it a good thing? Is it, is it, are you one of these athletes where you're like, okay, now I got an extra year to prepare for this? Or is it something where you think, okay, is this something that could potentially set me back for a whole year wait? No, I'm definitely looking at it as another year to get better and just so much more time to continue to improve and perfect my stroke and and develop um, to be a faster and and better swimmer and um, you know obviously it is disappointing and I think throughout this whole period I've just tried to to keep a positive outlook and and find those silver linings I know um, the pandemic is obviously way bigger than sport and so much more important so um, finding those silver linings and realizing that the whole world has been impacted by this and um, whether you're an athlete or you're working in an office or you're a teacher, like every single person in the entire world has been affected by this and has had to, to readjust their, their schedules and their routines and lifestyles. So, um, yes, it was disappointing just knowing that we had worked, you know, what we had worked for and planned for for so long was um, going to be moved. But at the same time, I, I'm super ecstatic to have another year to to train and to get better and i mean we're obviously going to be waiting for 2021 and you know you're going to be one of the i guess the top stars going into it uh to give you something to look forward to here uh final set of questions we have we actually take this from the team canada website so i'm i don't even think you got to do this in rio but uh team canada website had all the athletes or a lot of the athletes fill out this questionnaire in their own handwriting and some of it involves drawing pictures and everything uh, so you're going to be the second athlete we've been able to interview on here who we're sure will get to fill this out, you know, next year when you get to do this. Uh, I'm going to be using Emily Overholt's um, uh, base here with her. She's got some pretty epic answers, so no pressure. But uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'll, I'll kind of go through a few of these uh, here with you. Uh, so uh, your answer, who would be the greatest Olympian of all time? Oh, man. <laughs> Feel free to say yourself, too. <laughs> Um, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. You're in the right sport. This is the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first Olympics you remember watching. This might make me feel old. <laughs> um, 2008. Okay. I do feel because mine was Mark Tewksbury in 92. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but 2008, hey, there's good games. Uh, I'm going to skip yeah. the draw a picture of yourself uh, because you can't yeah. do that on the air. Uh, your favorite ice cream flavor is... Cookie dough. Cookie dough. Nice. Uh, now, this is a fun question. Uh, so 
in your sport, you actually may get the luxury of this because they have the big grand entrances now for the swimmers. Uh, so if you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up music be? Now, in this case, when you're out there in Tokyo and you're entering, what, what would be your ideal music playing for your entrance? Ideal music genre? I would say like rap, um, something really upbeat and kind of loud and in your face. <laughs> Pump up. <laughs> Uh, here's a good one. Uh, in a movie about your life, who would play you? Oh. I have an answer for this, but I'm interested to hear yours. I honestly have no idea. I'm terrible with actresses and, and movies, so, um... I'm not sure. I'm going to give you the answer that you can answer next year. Uh, you have like a striking okay. resemblance to Emmy Rossum, who uh, is on the TV show Shameless, and she was in the Phantom of the Opera movie. Okay. So next year, answer that, that, and that will be like your high five to the off the podium. Hey, I'm giving your answer here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, the most recent TV show you binge watched is? Um, Selling Sunset. Sorry, what was that? Selling Sunset. I don't even think I've heard of that. Is it on Netflix? <laughs> yeah, it's, the second season just came out. Oh, okay. I'm going to check it out, and then I'll, yeah. I'll give you the answer in 2021 <laughs> if it's any good. <laughs> uh, the biggest fear in life that you have is? Um, biggest fear is, this probably sounds silly, but I'm claustrophobic, and I have a large fear of getting stuck in an elevator. <laughs> Uh, trust me, it's no sim- uh, no sillier than Emily Overholt, whose biggest fear was waking up with a spider on her face. Uh, <laughs> uh, last question, another kind of fun one. I can't live live without. What can you not live without? Um, food. Food. <laughs> That's a real answer. That's a literal answer. That's yeah. good. <laughs> uh, Again, so great to have you on here. I think, you know, all the way back to the World Championships, you know, we got to get Kylie Mass on the show. I mean, you're, you really are like the, probably emerging as the face of swimming in Canada now. So we're excited to see what you could do in Tokyo 2021. And uh, so excited you could be here to talk to us today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you again to Kylie Mass and to her people for setting up this interview. Uh, and at this point, uh, we're nearing the end of the summer. And we said at the beginning of the summer when we interviewed John Montgomery way back when that well, we were going to carry you through the entire summer with a series of Olympic uh, interviews. And we've sort of come to the end of it. This is the last one officially we have for now. Uh, although I will say we do have more interviews lined up. It's just we're probably going to be looking at a couple of weeks downtime into them. Uh, we got one really exciting one, which I won't spoil right now, which is another winter athlete uh, come next month. But we don't have a firm interview lined up for whatever's going to be next week, uh, although there are more coming up. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, as always, as always, continue to uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are on Twitter. We've only been on Twitter for the last couple weeks. Uh, make sure to like us on Twitter and subscribe to the show uh, wherever you can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you can find us. Uh, we will be back shortly with more Olympic interviews and then eventually, 2021, more recaps of the Olympic Games. Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese.